everybody. This is Jackson Michael of The Game Before the Money. This episode is to celebrate Charlie Trippy. None other than Jim Thorpe called Charlie Trippy probably the greatest football player ever. Fran Tarkenton also said the same thing. Charlie was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1968. He passed away on October 19th, 2022, at 100 years old. Charlie starred at the University of Georgia in college, was the most valuable player in the Rose Bowl, and was the first overall pick in the 1945 NFL Draft. He also had the option to play for the new All-American Football Conference. He chose to sign with the NFL's Cardinals, which at the time were the Chicago Cardinals. Charlie was an very important part of them winning the 1947 NFL championship game and also led them to the 1948 NFL championship game. He was a complete all-around athlete and even played professional baseball. In the National Football League, Charlie could basically do it all. He originally was a member of the Cardinals' million-dollar backfield. I got to interview Charlie Trippi for the book, The Game Before the Money, and got to chat with him a couple of other times. Very thankful to be able to have connected with him. Frequent guest on the game before the money, Upton Bell, met Charlie Trippi all the way back in the 1940s when Charlie first walked into Cardinals training camp in 1947. Upton was just a youngster at the time. His father, Burt Bell, was the NFL commissioner, and Upton went to the Cardinals training camp in 1947. He saw Charlie Trippi's entire career and even attended the 1947 and 1948 NFL championship games in which Charlie played. In the 1947 NFL championship game, Charlie ran a punt return back for a touchdown as the Cardinals defeated the Eagles 28-21. Upton joined me in remembering Charlie Trippi. Part of the interview aired on the Game Before the Money radio show which airs nationally each Saturday on the SportsMap Radio Network at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. It's also available on the SportsMap Radio app. This is my chat with Upton in its entirety as we remember the great Charlie Trippy. Met um, Charlie Trippy. you were just saying. 1947. 1947. You met him this right when he came into training yeah. camp for the first yeah. time. Yeah, I was there. The minute he walked on the field, and that magical backfield, Trippy, Angsman, and Harder. The center was Vince Benonis, and the two really good receivers, borderline Hall of Famers for that time, Billy Duell and Mal Kutner. Quarterback, Paul Christman. What do you remember about uh, Charlie Trippy? There's certain guys that walk on the field and carry themselves in a certain way that right away, it, it, it was like to me, I always thought Charlie Trippy was never a rookie. It's like he, when he, and, and he was very unassuming and really nice. But once they blew the whistle, and remember in those days, you scrimmage all the time, is that, that basically he glided. Everything he did seemed natural. Catching the football, running with it, making people miss. All those things, and I said, you know, I had seen McAfee, who was the year before, who was terrific on their way to the championship. 
the Bears at that time. But this guy just kind of stood out, uh, not in a spectacular way, where you go, oh, my God, what, did you see that run? He just was so smooth that you felt like every time he got the ball, it was going to be four or five, seven yards, whatever, whatever it was. Or he could catch it. It's just, I guess, the, the movie, they, they talk about the natural. I would say if, if you talked about football, especially in that era, you would say that Charlie Trippy is the natural. Wow. And then, um, you know, his rookie year, the 1947, that uh, 1947 NFL championship game, which he scored. Two, you, you were there, right? Yes. And, and what is interesting about that game is uh, because it was nip and tuck with the Eagles. And the Cardinals, I believe that the Eagles wore cleats on really what was somewhat of a frozen field. And the Cardinals wore sneakers. In some ways, that made a difference because the game really went down to the very end. But Trippy, again, in the championship game, had one of the, one of the biggest days of his career, making the big plays when it looked like the Cardinals were going to go down to the Eagles, and they, of course they finally won. And the following year, the Eagles won. I, I would say for two years, excluding the 1948 championship game, which my father sold the television in a snowstorm, the Cardinals were really kind of the dominant team in football. You know, that 1947 championship game that you were talking about, you know, Charlie had two touchdowns. And, and you know, the famous one, the most famous one, the punt return for a touchdown, he told me uh, that was the only touchdown that he had ever scored wearing sneakers like you had brought up the sneakers um so yeah do you do you remember that punt, punt return i think it's the only oh. punt return in in a championship game for a touchdown it was the only one as far as i know it was the only one and and again you you today wouldn't have your most valuable running back i mean you never saw jimmy brown jim brown or steve van buren a return a kickoffs or punts. I mean, they were the bread and butter. They they were the were the great running backs. They didn't do that. And as we know, the two most dangerous plays in football are the punt returns and the kickoff returns. Then, not now. Now nobody returns anything. It's kicked in the end zone. That's it. But then you you know, a player. Remember, there are only thirty three players per team. Now we got 200,000 players per team. <laughs> and so you had to do, including play defense. And you think about that, that was the return that broke the Eagles back, really. And, and it was really amazing. And again, picture doing that, making that run in sneakers. And there is a big difference in playing with, with cleats on any surface and then playing with sneakers. It's not the same feel. Uh, you, your cuts, if you, if you make a sharp cut, you could slip and fall, even though the whole idea was on that type of surface, sneakers were better than cleats. But still, think about that, that historic return, and he does it on sneakers. But again, you know, everything, if you, if you watch the end of a touchdown run, kickoff return you name it or what charlie did in that game is 
They score the touchdown, they hand the ball to the official, and they run off like it's just another day's work. I remember from that very first day, I was just, uh, I was 10 years old, and I always considered myself like an adult, and you had to kind of be a few of the commissioner's son. And yet the players, that's the other thing, the Bears camp in 46, the Cardinals camp in 47, uh, the way the players treated you, they didn't pat you on the head, hey, little kid, or hey, Sonny, whatever else it is. They actually had a conversation with you. How are you doing today, Uppy? How's it going, kid? Another person in there while we're talking about Trippy, Marshall Goldberg, who had been moved from offense to defense, was really not only highly intelligent, uh, but really kind of very, very funny, wisecracking. And I always remember going to practice and listening to him. He's so damn funny. And Trippy and all of them would, would kind of laugh. Think about, too, the, the quarterback while we're on this, Michael. The quarterback was Paul Christman, who went on to make a pretty good living working for NBC as their top guy on the AFL, the new league in town. All of those guys, as their career went along, and I know you interviewed Charlie just a while ago, is think about them, think what they were, and think about now what people are. And it is totally, a, not only a different game, but completely different in the people who played it on and off the field. And Trippy is a perfect example, lived to be 100 years old, I'm sure. Because I haven't talked to him in years. You have. Uh, this, I, I, I'm telling you, I'll bet he is the same guy today as he was then. Charlie was just a prince of a guy. You know, the chances that, that I got to chat with him. And, you know, just one of the nicest people. You'd, you'd never know that, that he was a, a tough football player, just, just being in his, his presence and, and getting to chat with him. That's the way he was the first day I saw him. First, first day he walked in there, and, and it's funny. I always watch the way a player walks, even through my scouting years, even through today. How do they walk? They walk with self-assurance. Of course, today everybody's dancing. And uh, the minute I saw him he walking in the training camp, like, and remember in those days, too, if you were a big bonus pick, and he was a big name. I mean, from Georgia, All-American. And I believe that before he came in, he served. He was a year in the service. Yes, he uh, was. So. Yeah, and he loved to point out that uh, he had played in five college All-Star games because he had that extra year where he got to play because he had he had college eligibility. Yeah, well, so, and, and so then, he did. Yeah, he did. He did serve during his college career, and he came back to to finish. Even though he was drafted, I believe, in the 1945 draft, he was the first was. pick that's, overall. That's correct. And he waited to come out. Um, Can you imagine anybody today? And we're not knocking today. Today is totally different. We're only, and I'm only trying to explain to you, as you do in, in your broadcasts, that the, the difference was stark and who those people were. And I always say, going back to our discussion about the Chicago Bears in my first training camp, is the players who came back from the war 
whether they served statewide or overseas. They were different. They had seen a lot of things before most young men, you know, today or, or even 30, 40 years ago, unless you went to Vietnam. Uh, they saw so many things that when they came back, they, they even at the age of 24, 25, when you think you're still kind of a kid, they were, they were men. They'd seen awful things. They, they knew awful things. They knew about life and death, all, of, all the things. And when they came on the field, it was all business. They kid around a little bit. Guys kid more so today, too. That's the one thing I did notice about, about players. And they would kid, but it was really all business. You, you wouldn't hear any music. You wouldn't hear any of the things. That is part of the natural makeup of the NFL today. What you did is, we're coming out, it's almost like, you know, the platoon sergeant, whether it was George Hallis or whomever it was that was the head coach. It was like, all right, out here, let's get going, that's it. And that's what it was. And in the middle of all of that, I, I still say, Sid Luckman and Charlie Trippy are two of the best people I've ever met. Talking about Charlie Trippy, and you, you mentioned some of his teammates, Paul Christman, Elmer Angsman, you know, they were part of that original million-dollar backfield. Yep. I think the fourth might have been Pat Harder, who was later... Marlon Pat Harder. He yeah. was the fullback. Angsman, that Trippy was... Trippy and, and Angsman were the halfbacks. And now we're talking about the technology and the terms of those days. You had a fullback, you had the left halfback, you had the right halfback. And you had Trippy and Angsman, it was the golden backfield. And uh, Pat Harder was the fullback, and Chrisman was the quarterback. That was a tremendous team. I, I don't know what, I mean, the Eagles ended up beating them and then going on their run. The Eagles were in it for three years, and the Cardinals were in it for two years. And I swear that if the Cardinals had won that, that game that they lost 7 and nothing in a driving snowstorm, things might have been different. But again, the, the, the powers then were, were the Bears, the Cardinals, the Eagles, and then the Rams. Think about that. And then followed by the Cleveland Browns. You'll never get that today. There are no powers because they're 32 teams. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, the rosters were even smaller. 33 um, players. Back then. So you had to be not just the cream of the crop. You had to be the cream <laughs> of the cream of the crop back in those days and play multiple positions like Charlie Charlie Trippy ended up playing quarterback he was halfback i believe he played some defensive back in the NFL he did he did you you had you had to think about even like the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of his time Sammy Ball he was the best punter in football and he played defensive back and he led the NFL players. in interceptions as a defensive back <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you when you think about it, and people say, "Well, the game's much bigger, faster, quicker today." I agree with all of that, but you couldn't be just a specialist then. You had to be able to do it all. So think about all the players that would have made it if the rosters were, well, you know, forty-five today. It's fifty-three. Think of all the guys that might have made it, made it, and then think of those people that were part of the start of the AFL uh, that that never either got a, a shot in the NFL or were cut by the NFL. So 
A lot of Hall of Famers on that list. Len Dawson is the first that that comes to my mind. All those players that would have made it could have, and that's why my father was so afraid of of the old All-America Conference and, and wanted to make sure that they brought them in, which he finally effected a merger in 1950. Because I can tell you this, of the games that I was able to see, now it wasn't a lot, but of the games I was able to see, I think I said to my father once, you know, I, I said, Dad, I think that, that, that All-America Conference has better players, has better teams than the NFL. And of course, the Browns, Look at look at that Brown team, of and went ten straight years to the championship game. Those Browns teams are among the best I've ever seen. Period. Better than the Cardinals, better than the Bears, better than the Eagles, and that's saying a lot. And what Paul Brown was establishing there, as far as coaching techniques, those are things that kind of set the foundation. And, and are still used today. You know, a lot of the things that Paul Brown used and Bill Belichick just uh, referred to to Paul Brown in, in an interview this past week. You know, the techniques that Paul Brown used, you know, those are still fundamental coaching techniques uh, that are used today. They, they are. Everything from scouting to, 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 to even the, the minute, the 40-yard dash was Paul Brown. Now, I remember... Going to the Brown training camp uh, with my father in 1950, just before they played the Eagles, and said to my father, they're going to kill the Eagles. And my father said to me, Upton, don't say a word about this. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> you know, that, that, that will kill it right now. But again, everything. That's why I picked in my book uh, Paul Brown as the greatest of all time. And then I had Shula. And and Belichick tied for second and third. So we'll we'll see. But again, back to your point about Trippy and about that era and about that team. That was a tremendous backfield. Uh, it was a tremendous team for two years. I thought that they should have been better and come back, but they, they really didn't. The Eagles took over, and the Eagles then carried it to 50, and then it was the Rams and all the Browns and everything else like that. But Charlie Trippi was an unforgettable character because he wasn't a loud mouth. He wasn't somebody that, you know, really pushed his ego on somebody. He just was that satin smooth running back. You get tackled, he get up, go back to the huddle. You figure, wow, like Jim Brown in some ways, he'll never get up because people were shooting for him then. And uh, he just always made the big plays. And I, I look at in the same way in life. Charlie Trippy was class from beginning to end. Thank you for listening to the Game Before the Money podcast. Don't forget to visit thegamebeforethemoney.com. There's a Charlie Trippy biography page posted on thegamebeforethemoney.com. And you can also read stories that Charlie Trippy shared in the book, The Game Before the Money. Transcriptions of some podcasts are available on thegamebeforethemoney.com. 
Those transcriptions are powered by our transcription partner, Sonics. S-O-N-I-X. Visit sonics.ai to learn more.